if you don't know what to write, I would actually say rather than posting, just commenting. I think if you were to start today, just starting with engaging with other people's content, I think that builds a muscle. And so simple framework would be like, okay, 10 minutes before I start my workday at my company, I'll get on LinkedIn. I'll just go through the first five posts on my feed. I'm going to leave a thoughtful comment of some kind. Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around. The work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. And today, our guest is Michael Roberts, head of demand gen at CloudApp. If you're not following him on LinkedIn, like he drops wisdom on a daily basis, things that a lot of people want to dig deeper on and just, you know, he's not afraid to say it. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. It's awesome to be here. Cool. So I want to kind of get into the overall theme for what today's show is going to be about. So we're going to be digging into employee advocacy, which for everyone that listens, I'm super passionate about this as well. And so I want to kind of kick things off with, you know, a question around like, what do you feel employee advocacy actually is? And how do you feel like this idea has evolved from its initial concept? Yeah. So in my view, employee advocacy really starts with enabling your people to talk about the things that they want to talk about. So you almost have to like, in order to get it, and it all comes down to like the motivation of who they are as people. And I think understanding where they're at in their work, their career is the fundamental, like, like that's the base you have to figure out before you start going into tactics and plans and measurement and all this other stuff. And the reason is because I think years ago is that previously it was defined as people that within your company that would promote your brand, right? So there's like, even, you know, five, 10 years ago, there were folks at large companies like Salesforce that were product evangelists and their whole purpose around their role was to hype up the company, talk about how great it was, build relationships with people and just try and kind of like tee up conversations with big deals for the sales team, but not like, and I think Companies saw that there's a decent, like there's some amount of success in that sort of a role. And without thinking the impact on other employees, they just kind of tried to like replicate it down. And so they tried to get lots of other employees to just say, hey, promote our event coming up or, you know, add a post on social media about this campaign that we're running or this incentive and offer. And I think that very quickly sort of disenfranchised your normal employee from like being motivated to be a voice for the company. And so moving forward, I think the healthier way of approaching it is 
using it almost as like a company benefit for employees as propping your people up to give them opportunities both internally and, you know, potentially externally. But the byproduct of that is that as your people become more visible and as they're building relationships with folks in and outside of the organization, natural opportunities will come in that will benefit the brand. And so it's not like a direct line, kind of like a lot of the stuff on LinkedIn right now, that direct attribution, especially in B2B, isn't like what how we're supposed to measure. I think this fits into that narrative pretty well, that it's a roundabout way to start driving impact, you know, if you're trying to get your people involved online. So yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you as well. And I think that like so many people think that you have to, you know, there's like the platforms out there that are like, just click share and it will share whatever someone else has written for you. But like, no, you know, that's just like any company page share at the end of the day. Like no one's really reading that there adds no value. It's just the trying to put it out there as much. And like, like, what do you think are like the most lucrative benefits that like B2B companies are gaining by implementing an employee advocacy program? I think the hope, the benefit they're hoping for is revenue. Right. So we all want to tie it back to revenue. And that direct line can can be a little bit tricky. But if I were to draw it, I, I think it's creating. So as a simple example, my CEO sent me a message a few months ago about a DM that he had with just some random person. Like he had met he was actually trying to get some product feedback. And um, in that conversation, he had asked why he chose Cloud App. And his response, he, he went through a couple of things. And then his ending response was like, oh, also, it's because like, I know Michael, he's a good dude. And so there's not really any other choice that I could pick. And he was at a company that really fit the firmographics that we were trying to target. And I built a little bit of a relationship with him. And I had never pitched Cloud App to him before. And so I think that's the benefit that it, it's... Quite honestly, I feel like there is a path to like essentially like a full funnel through employee advocacy. But when, especially when you're starting out, it's very much an awareness level. And I think LinkedIn is particularly set up to do this well because your little tagline right below your fa- like name and image shows well, you can make it to show the company that you're working at. And if you are visible over time, that's going to carry some weight. And then I think it cascades down. And I think we're probably going to do a stage of better trying to figure out, okay, I think we can get the awareness stuff pretty easy if we focus on our people. How can we then simultaneously start encouraging them to have authentic conversations that also lead to revenue for the brand without diminish, without making it bad for them? So, Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And it's like, I think you brought up a good point about like LinkedIn being set up for this, you know, in in some regards as well. And like, how do you feel? Because I feel like a lot of companies don't do this well, but like, how can companies turbocharge their program by like getting their employees to leverage LinkedIn? Everyone talks about like social selling, social selling, but like, I feel like social selling and employee advocacy is two different things to a certain degree. And so I'm interested, like how you feel like companies could like really turbocharge their program by getting more of their employees to leverage LinkedIn specifically? So if the question is like, how do I actually get my people involved? Kind of comes back to what I said at the beginning. You have to understand what they want. And they need to see a path to success. 
And so when we started running this program at CloudApp, that was something I tried to figure out. What was holding people up from getting involved? And how could we, as a marketing team, help them get past those barriers? So there was a couple of things I found. One, employees had to believe that we were actually doing this for them and that there was a benefit for them. And so what does that mean? Like if I am a sales rep or even a marketer who actually doesn't care about building a personal brand, at least in the eyes of what we see most commonly on LinkedIn, which is like a creator or some high profile person that's building, like bringing a lot of business for themselves. I have to come up with a different example that's going to relate to them, right? Which might mean like, just what's the value of building relationships with people within your own space? What is the value? Like what sort of opportunities are you looking for and whatever's next? If I can figure out what people want there, then that helps from the motivation front. Then on the other side, there's the barriers. And I think what I found in talking with a lot of the company, like there was, you know, a large portion that didn't care about being active on LinkedIn. But there was about 30% of the company here at CloudApp that was interested in it. And as we had initial conversations of like what it meant to get involved, their biggest barrier was they just needed some sort of pressure or push to get started. Like they just didn't know how. And the lack of experience literally just kept them from acting. And so we became like an enabling agent to remove those barriers as much as we could to help them succeed. So tapping into that core motivation of like what will actually matter to them and then getting rid of any of the roadblocks that keep them from acting to try and help them build the momentum to get started. Yeah, no, I love that for sure. And I kind of want to now dig deeper into like, the actual program that you were running now that we've kind of like touched on it a little bit, like let's kind of like break it down. Like, cause I, I like to get super tactical, help people understand what it looks like from start to finish the results that you're seeing, anything that you can share. Like, let's just kind of like dig into that aspect of it. So I'm going to start with the motivation because I felt like that was kind of the foundation of the success for what, so there were two things as I was starting out, I did not believe that the long-term incentive was actually going to be enough to push people to get started. So what that means is like, I can talk about networking, opportunities that come from relationships, all that stuff as much as I want. And as much as it's, I believe that it's true. If you haven't been involved and seen that momentum yourself, I think it's a harder pitch. So momentum's a real deal. And I felt like my first measure of success was to get them active which we defined as three posts per week for a month. And I felt like if we could get them to do that for a month, then the likelihood that they would stay active at some sort of level after that would be a lot higher. So I maintain the long-term incentive as something that I talked about all the time, but there was a short-term monetary incentive. Like it was very easy and I wanted it to be eye-catching. So we offered people $200 if they... And it was tiered actually. So the base, the kind of like mid expectation tier of what we wanted to do was if you did this for a month, three posts a week, and like we weren't guardians of the content either. We just said, all you have to do is post three times a week. You'll get 150 bucks from us. If you do it five times a week, you'll get 200. 
I wanted a monetary incentive that just was like a little like stronger than what you might expect at a program like this so that we could catch some interest. So there was that aspect for it, but I, I really kind of worked on the positioning of the program too. And I actually didn't get pushback from leadership on this, but the core value prop of this program that I put at the top was never apply for another job again. <laughs> and like there was, I think there was something about that messaging that was like, holy crap, they're actually doing this for me and not just the company. And I actually didn't hold back from like talking about the benefits for the company. I was pretty like straightforward. Like this is something we're aiming to benefit the company. But that was not the primary thing that I led with. I led with this line of like, never apply for another job again, because that's all, that's like this emotional, like we've all felt that pressure of like looking for what's next. And when you feel like you're not set up and you really have to work through like just, you know, getting past the stack of resumes as a normal employee, like that's stressful. And so that freedom like feeling of that, like, Hey, I'll never have to apply for another job again. I wasn't actively trying to push people away from cloud app, but I was so focused on like the benefit that would get to them because I mean, the reality is that whether I was pushing them away or not, or that was the incentive, like people in tech, especially like the average tenure is like 12, 18 months, people are leaving anyways. So why don't we encourage and give people the best experience at our company right now so that they're set up for something in the future or because we help them so much, they want to stay. So that was kind of like the foundation of the program that we used as our pitch to get people involved. Nice. That's, it sounds like so interesting. I actually, I think it's pretty cool that you incentivize people through like money. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, a little bit extra money to be able to do something versus like, I don't know, like just hey, a pat on the back for yeah. doing a good job. Like it, it goes a long way, especially in the market today. So that's super interesting. And so, yeah, I'm curious, like how long has this been running so far? And like, what are the results that you can share that you've seen? Yep. So we, we treat it as like, it's not like a, it wasn't like a continual thing. It was more of like a cohort trial. Let's run it and see what we get out of it. We're a small team too. So it's not like we're a company of a thousand employees and we can do multiple cohorts. We were testing, trying to like get ready and just get people involved. Let's see. I think I launched it mid-February at the time. So there's a couple of indicators that I was looking at for success. So we had our 30-day period window where we were tracking directly to that monetary incentive on whether people were lining up to hit that $200. So within the 30 days, it was pretty obvious that like people had to hit a post count and that was it. Like that was, it was a very clear measure. And at post 30 days, then our measurement was like, how well do people stay involved? So if you were to look at LinkedIn and we, we just focused on LinkedIn, by the way, we didn't include any other platforms. We didn't try and pressure beyond that. It was just that single one. If you were to look at our, of the group that was involved post average across the group and let's say content view average, we were averaging between one and three posts a day. I was like essentially the most active person on LinkedIn. Everybody else was very not and very sparse. So one to three a day over the course of a week. And as we got the program rolling, we got 12 opt-ins from employees. And so our average post today went from one to three a day to eight to 10. 
And uh, towards like the end of the program, when everybody was in, we were in that 10 to 15 range, actually. Now, post-impression, so I, I mean, you're looking at like from a post perspective, that's like what, like a 500% increase. And again, we're teeny. So, but from the views, since people were just starting out, it wasn't like a 500% view increase. It was probably something like the 200 to 250. But what I found really interesting was that post 30 day. So we did see a little bit of drop off once the monetary incentive was gone, but it was not a complete drop off. So when you're looking at even now, like I just pulled up the numbers before we got on this call, looking at numbers now, our average posts per week are still between five and 10 per day. And the average post reach is actually probably in like the six to 700% higher than what our baseline was before. And the really cool reason was because we got folks involved from every organization. So marketing, we had somebody start. We had several people from sales, customer success and support, and engineering. Especially like in that engineering segment, there's not as much noise. And because we got people involved in like those less noisy segments, they're completely owning like the attention. And like for them, the world's the limit. It's so it's really cool that some of those folks got involved. And because they saw so much momentum, they're keeping it going. And that's been really cool to see. So nice. That's now. So what is anyone from like your executive team doing it as well? Yeah. So we, we I brought on uh, Luke Matthews, who's all over LinkedIn as well to help us with that. That was part of what we brought on to help with, help us with. He works directly with um, our leadership team around that. So right now it's been mostly our CEO, Scott Smith, who he helps create content with, whether that's Scott might dump down ideas and then he kind of helps formulate it or Scott might just write his own stuff. But the leadership team kind of has their own program that we're like workflow that we're working for. But they were involved and they were, especially Scott was, he was really involved, especially early on as far as like the benefits were concerned, because we upped his, we committed him to writing more. And some of the stuff that he found immediately, we were actually recruiting benefits. So as people Mm. saw either our people or him posting more often, he started messaging in our LinkedIn channel, like, well, I'm starting to get a lot more people interested in the company in certain position, which was, I didn't talk about that in the other benefit when I was talking about benefits for the company, but that speed to hire one is another one that uh, is helpful because those relationships and as people build the interest, you know, hiring is something that's always having to be done. And if you can, you know, do it better and much in a faster way. So the quick tangent as far as the benefits of that's something from at least his involvement that was impactful. Yeah. You know, I I feel like people don't think about that enough, like the recruiting benefit, because I mean, let's be honest, like it's still a hot market for like the good marketers that are out there that are like strong marketers. And like, you can still attract really strong talent. Like we go through a similar thing at, at Alice as well, where like, you know, we have a director of product marketing opening right now. And so I actually posted it on my LinkedIn uh, the other day and I ended up having 32 people apply to it via my referral link in like a day and a half. Yep. And like, that's, that's just, that's just me now think about like all the others that are amplifying that as well. And like, 
you know, people like I was getting DMs like, you know, Hey, I love your brand. Like I would love to work there. Like, what can I do? And like, I was just like, you know, Hey, first things first, like video is big for us. Like we love video. And so we were like, yeah, I was like, send a video to the hiring manager. And I was just like, I guarantee you, you're going to stand out that way. He loves video. It's big in everything that we do from like a recruiting standpoint Mm -hmm. is video. And so like, it's just so interesting to see like, you know, sometimes people think of that as an underrated benefit or like undervalued benefit, but like it's actually should be a lot higher. And so it's good that you mentioned that. Well, yeah. And especially, I mean, when you're talking about like the turnover, it is a pain point for a lot of companies, right? So like if you're able to find somebody, so there's your side, right? Where you put a post and you get a bunch of your network to kind of reply. There's also the reverse as far as like the offensive, right? Like there might be like, if you've built enough relationships up and you know, like a product marketer, that's like, you've built a lot of trust with, and you can just go directly to them and be like, Hey, I've got this role. Would you be interested? Like some of the most rewarding people I've worked with or have either, I mean, I got hired to my job because of a similar thing of those relationships. If you have those relationships pre-built, Man, you can skip half the hiring process and there's not nearly as much like unknowns because you've got that trust already. And that speed is really and trust, I mean, is really important in all likelihood might lead to longer tenure at companies as opposed to, you know, this 12 month turnaround that's a lot of people are doing. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more for sure. And I know, I know we coming up on time. So I have a few final questions for you because I, I am interested in like digging a little bit deeper on like this program. So like you've been doing it now, you know, you're still seeing some decent success, even though there's no money involved. Like what's next for it? Like, where do you see this going? Yeah. So I think that is our one is there's a maintenance aspect. So in the sense of like an unknown for us that we're trying to figure out is how much effort for the impact that we're driving. I think the initial effort of how much we had to put in for the impact that we pulled out was actually phenomenal. Because even though it was like this formalized program, it was pretty intuitive, didn't take too much to put together. As folks kind of drop off and we're trying to keep them motivated to stay, we're trying to figure out how to manage that efficiently. And then I think the other thing that we are still figuring out is now that we've got a couple of folks that probably like three that are extremely active, what now does it look like to help them create content that will stick to what they want to talk about? Because I never want to take that away because as soon as I become a guardian of it, I think that'll pull the joy out of it. But create it in ways that will lead to conversations that help the company. So, and, you know, just barely, you talked about video and cloud app is a video messaging screen recording tool. So one possible thing that I've thought through is like, okay, what if we start, what if I start coaching or helping our folks start recording more videos and just dog fooding? So it's not even a product pitch, but it's just a different medium, but they can use our product to, to create it. That's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about right now. That's sort of like the next stage as we figure out how to bring like benefits and results both. Because I think the personal benefits have been obvious and they've come pretty immediately for folks. Now it's the company benefits that we're working on while not losing the momentum that we built for the people. Yeah, no, I I love that. Now I'm I'm in a similar stage myself. So I'll be interested to see. I'm kind of invested now. I want to see like, you know, as the future. So let's definitely keep the... 
the lanes open there is because I want to learn because I do find this very fascinating. And so I want to kind of end with one final question for you. And this is something I asked, I asked everyone because I'm always interested in like what people say is like, you know, a lot of people that listen to this are more junior marketers to a certain degree. And so like, they don't know where to begin in creation of content or whatever. Like, what would you recommend to a marketer that wants to start creating content, but doesn't know where to begin? Yeah, I think my, mm, I have two answers. One is the answer I would have given like probably four months ago. And now I've got a new one. So the answer I would have given four months ago was just start posting. And I don't care what you talk about. Like, could be, and if you like, you just want to post a pic about your dog, then do it. And like, it, it doesn't matter. I really don't care because that habit is really, really important. Like if this is something you want to tackle, like the first thing you have to set up is the habit and just like a basic system of like being committed to it. That's what I would have said four months ago. If you don't know what to write, I would actually say rather than posting, just commenting. I think if you were to start today, just starting with engaging with other people's content, I think that builds a muscle. And so simple framework would be like, okay, 10 minutes before I start my work day at my company, I'll get on LinkedIn. I'll just go through the first five posts on my feed. I'm going to leave a thoughtful comment of some kind just to start flexing that writing muscle. And then odds are within, I would imagine like a week or two, you'll actually get to a point where you'll be like, hey, that comment actually gave me an idea of something I could post. And then some, the gears are going to start turning. You're going to start realizing that, hey, I've got something to say. And you'll start building momentum. And once you get the momentum to start it and kind of like a good groove, then, then you can start working on like plan and strategy and like who you want to be. But that's for me further down the line. I think just the habit and action is the first step. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I, I I completely agree with you there. Awesome. So, you know, where can people go to connect with you? I know LinkedIn is obvious, but like, where can people, you know, go to learn more about you, read your content, learn more about Cloud App, whatever you want to plug here, just, you know, feel free to do so. Yeah, I think just LinkedIn is the best place. So I would just start there and the handle in my URL is Robert's Italia. But you can just find me on LinkedIn. I talk about, I bring in video every once in a while and talking about cloud app, cloud app, the screen recording software and quick video messages. So asynchronous communication that actually speeds up and lets you cancel the meetings that are useless and unnecessary that you don't need. And so, yeah, that's what I do. And that I would love for everybody to reach out and connect with me. I pretty much accept everything. And so send it my way. Amazing. Awesome. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Honestly, I learned a ton. I'm sure our audience will learn a ton as well. And I can't wait to continue following along your journey. Thanks for having me, man. It's been good. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you all soon. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.